Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Kate, I'm going to paint a scene for you. Okay. Okay. It's a week ago. It's Halloween. Mm-hmm. And what is the weather like, Kate? Is it wind with leaves and, and the crackling feel of fall with a, a hint of cold? Was was that what it was like, Kate? There was wind. There was wind. <laughs> what else was there, Kate? Snow. Snow, snow, snow. <laughs> yep. What did it feel like? Did it feel like I'm dreaming of a white Christmas? Because that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, it, yeah. Wasn't, it wasn't great. No. <laughs> Snow. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the night, I picked up uh, some of the snow that was on the lawn and I threw it at the glass door and I was like, ah! You know, my son asked, is this good packing snow? It was. I thought it might be. It I was. mean, it's the wet kind, right? Yeah. So that's the best kind, but I didn't want to like encourage him and be like, yes, make a snowman in your <laughs> holiday. A snow leaf man. Halloween fashion. Yeah, exactly. That's the worst. Because I you're... haven't raked yet. So oh. it's just, you got two inches of snow with leaves underneath and now it's all melting. I and did rake and there's still tons of leaves out. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. My yard guys probably won't come. The snow another... came two weeks early. Usually yeah. it comes around Veterans Day. Well, it's going to be like 60 on like Sunday, so. Cool. Yay. Cool, cool. Well, hey, Fun. I got to dress up my 12-foot-tall skeleton as a pilgrim, and I can't do that exactly if he's covered in snow. As your neighbors require. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yep. We've gotten lots of requests. Fun. Uh, what, what, by the way, just off topic, what, what is this podcast, by the way? Uh, this is Fuse 8 and Kate. That's correct. And what do we discuss on said podcast? Uh, snow and skeletons. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> only snow, only skeletons. <laughs> year and round. Only that's it. Year round. It gets really weird around the Easter time. I'm just gonna say, that. <laughs> really, really There's weird. There's usually snow around Easter. I Heck think. yeah, you're right. There are. I have searched for Easter eggs in the snow, my friend. And I'm pretty sure that holiday involves death. So I should have said Fourth right? of July. That's the one holiday <laughs> I can name that has not had snow in the Midwest. But uh, thanks to global warming, there's a first time for anymore. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who are you? Me, Kate. Me, Betsy. And this is Fuse 8 and Kate? Yes. And uh, we look at picture books. Let um, me ask you. Oh, what? 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 What, what do we do on this podcast, Betsy? Oh, oh how, the, how the tables have turned. <laughs> grabbing table. Turning it. Uh, yes, uh, we consider picture books and whether or not they're good or bad. Why? For fun? <laughs> Question mark? Da, 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 da. Ellipses, ellipses, ellipses. <laughs> question mark times three. Yes. For fun. Okay. No, for the greater good, Kate. For oh. the greater good. Oh, okay. And today. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to continue our tradition of finding picture books published in 2003 that I've been waiting for. Oh, is... Guess what year I became a librarian, Kate? A children's librarian. 2003? Oh, yes, it was. So I've been waiting for this year... For oh, such a long, long, long Now, is time. this the book that last episode you uh, gave it rave reviews about how boring uh, this would be? This is not a boring book. Oh. And in fact, since we are in November, you could even argue 
and it would be a stretch, but you could argue that this is a good uh, Thanksgiving, a proto-Thanksgiving title because it does involve creating a meal. Oh. In a fabulous way. Okay. So, yeah. What is it? All right. I'm going to pull it up. Okay. Are you ready? You do you that ready? now. Here we go. All, All right. right. My lucky day. By? Kiko Kazza. Um, yes, my lucky day. Now, when I was in library school, I saw in one of my classes someone present this book with a puppet. Uh, to show how you could do it in the story time. And it has stuck with me literally for 20 years um, ever since. I have loved it from that day. It was a brand new book at the time, but I've remembered it, Kate. But you like foxes and there's a big old fox on the front. But he's not a good fox. He's a bad fox. Why are foxes always bad? Um, Because they eat chickens. Well, it looks like he's going to eat a pig. Well, exactly. They all, you know what? If a fox... <laughs> This is kind of like an aspirational fox book because foxes cannot eat pigs. They are much too big. But <laughs> if they could, by gum, by gum, there they would give be, it a shot. There should know? be a kid's book about a good fox. Oh, there's plenty of good foxes. Fantastic, are there? Fantastic Mr. Fox by Roald Dahl. Is that a children's picture book? It's a children's early chapter book. That's not the same thing. <sighs> the Fox Went on a Chilly Night. Uh, that book... Did we ever do that book? Uh-huh. Yeah. The you Fox sang, is a Hero? Yeah, you sang a song. Oh, the Fox went okay, out Okay, give me the book. Give me the book. Not, give okay, me the book. Right. Go read that book. <laughs> While Kate does her read, let's learn more about Kiko Kaza. Kaza, you say? Is it pronounced? Kaza, Betsy. Are you doing this correctly? Uh, yes, as it turns out. While Kaza may look like it should be Japanese, in fact, it's her husband's Hungarian family name and is pronounced Kaza. Oh, fun fact. So, uh, many fun facts about this book. There is a sequel. I'm just going to say that right now because I know nothing about it. It's called My Lucky Birthday. Uh, she made it. The most recent book she's made, I should say, was Finders Keepers. That came out in 2015. She has not produced any picture book in America since that time. So who is she? Well, Kika was born on a small island in the inland sea of Japan. She came to the United States in 1973 to continue her education. In 1976, she graduated magna cum laude with a bachelor's degree in graphic arts from California State University at Northridge. Now, while working as a graphic designer, she read the book Frederick by Leo Liani. We've done this book on the podcast. And because of that book, she became interested in picture books. Well, she began experimenting in her free time, and her first book was published in 1981 in Japan. It was called, you may have seen it, The Wolf's Chicken Stew. That's right, you, it's been published here as well. Since that time, she's published 22 books, and her work has been translated into 16 languages. Now, Kiko compares the process of creating a book to acting on stage under the lights. Quote, I become the character that I'm working on at the moment. I pretend that I'm a bird looking for a mother or a pig trying to impress his girlfriend. When I'm acting, I'm a child myself. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> hi, hi, hi. Okay, before we do this, I need to preface uh, and say that um, when I worked for New York Public Library and I was a children's librarian, there were four books I relied on heavily 
So just to tilt this in a certain favor, this was one of the four books that I read all the freaking time I have this book memorized. So, so take that take that as a grain of salt as we discuss what's about to happen. <laughs> so you don't like this book? Is that what, what? you're saying? Is that what I'm saying? Is that what I'm saying, Kate? Is that what I'm I don't saying? I do get how you can make this a read aloud book when the last page relies so much on the illustration. Because you, you show the last illustration, you go, <gasps> but you can't. You but if there's like a room full of kids. It, okay, we're getting ahead no, of ourselves. No, what you do is you ask them what they think it means. But. Anyway, continue. Okay, okay, so the book starts with a fox, it says, preparing to hunt for his dinner, but really it should say a hungry fox was giving himself a manicure, but it yeah. really doesn't have the same zing, you know? Well, you know, you know what? Hunting. How different is it, though? I mean, if sharpening one's claws is the same as sharpening one's weapons with which to devour prey, isn't that the same thing? I mean, do you want the book to start off with, one day a hungry fox was giving himself a manicure. As he polished his claws, he started... You I know, mean, it's... actually, that'd be amazing. So, yeah, that'd be great. Well, she should have she should have the bullet it. and done it. Yeah. Nah, oh, well. Black the courage of her convictions. But instead, it's a fox who's sharpening his nails. He's mm. got some claw polish in front of him, some tooth sharpener he paste. He even has, like, the little nail thing, like, to get your cuticles. It's a nail clipper. No, I think that's a cuticle clipper. Do foxes have cuticles? Well, have you asked one? <laughs> have you looked? Uh, exactly. Have you checked? That's what I'm pointing. Have you checked their claws? <laughs> I'm just saying, if you don't see cuticles, there's your answer that's, right there. That's the question I'm going to have mm -hmm. falling asleep tonight is, do foxes have cuticles? Do foxes have cuticles? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, right. So, there's a knock at the door. And the, on the other side of the door, it, there's someone that says, hey, rabbit, are you home? And the fox is like, uh, there's no rabbit here. Um, it's just me. But... There's a few things about the illustrations on this page that mm -hmm. I like. Number one, he has pictures of himself holding dead animals, like kinda. a big game hunter. Exactly, like mm -hmm. if you're if it's hunting season and you've got you know that guy that holds up the deer head, you know, it's that, and he's framed them. Yeah, the heads aren't there because he probably ate them. No, so, no, no, the heads yeah. are there. I know, uh, but they're not mounted on the wall because they were. Ah, uh, yeah, there. no, yeah. Well, it's so, also hard yeah. to mount, you know, a, there's a, a fish. fish. <laughs> <laughs> like a billy bass. But exactly, yeah. I do like that by the door he has a fishing pole because, you know, yeah. one, one must have hobbies. He Well, and a fish is one of the things he held up. So you need proof that he actually knew how to catch that thing. So the fox opens the door and there stands a pig. Mm. Same one that was on the cover of the book. Mm -hmm. And the piglet screams, oh no. And it says, oh yes, cried the fox. But I just read it as um, the Kool-Aid man coming through the, wind, through the wall going, oh. Oh, yes. No. Oh, sorry. no, that's what he say. He goes, oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. I'm thinking <laughs> of, like, what low rider, How do you I not yeah. know the Kool-Aid oh, man? yeah. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of a no, completely no, different pop it... culture reference, yeah. Oh, no, screamed the piglet. Oh, yeah. Oh, cried, yeah. Cried oh, the fox. Right. Yeah, that's better. That's yeah. actually better. Oh, I'm sorry. So... <laughs> The fox says, well, this might be my lucky day because it's not every day that dinner comes to the door. And the pig's like, let me go. And the fox is like, nope, sorry, you're my dinner. It's a pig roast. Now get in this roasting pan. And uh, to be fair, the fox isn't doing anything wrong if the pig came to him. The pig did come to him. So I'm on the fox's side right now. At this point in the game, you know, 
It would make sense. At which point the pig says, okay, all right, well, yeah, I, I, I will. There, there's just this one thing. And the fox is like, okay, what? The pig says, well, you know, I'm filthy. Don't you want to, you know, give me a little bath? I mean, he has, a, he has a point. He's disgusting. He's, yeah, he's dirty. But this is casting me back to the last episode we did, which is about doing anything you can to avoid death. <laughs> It's, the fox isn't starving. The fox isn't starving? No, he was about to go out. No, he's not he was starving. A, he was about to go out and hunt. Find some food, but he's not at the edge of death's door. No, no, no. The pig. Is, oh, the pig. The pig is doing anything he can to avoid death. Is he, though? Yes. Is he? I think the whole point of this book is that he's not doing that. I think he is. He's a trickster character. Anyway, all right. So the fox, he collects some twigs. He makes a fire. He puts water in a pot over the fire then he carries that hot water to a giant barrel he doesn't have internal heating yes and he doesn't have or plumbing a, yeah he doesn't have a bathtub no plumb. yeah it's a it's a giant barrel yeah it's and a barrel. and the pig gets in there and uh the pig's like oh you're a terrific scrubber and it looks like you might look at the fox and think okay maybe he's just as mad that he has to go through all this but i'm looking at it as He's really concentrating on oh, how no. to wash this pig. He's doing a good job. I, I agree with you. He is not mad about this. He is just doing as good a job as possible. I putting as much effort he just takes into his work each stage of the seriously. process. Yes, exactly. He's working very hard. He's working very hard. So now that the pig is clean, the fox says, Great, get into this roasting pan. And the pig is in there and he's like, Well, okay, but I'm a really small pig. You should probably fatten me up you know right that's a good point now i'm thinking if he were any bigger he wouldn't be able to fit in the roasting pan no there's a little give i think there's a little give there he's got between his legs and the sides uh, i see some uh i see some space the fox thinks the same thing because he he goes out and he grabs some tomatoes that he grew yeah those are good looking tomatoes by the way he makes spaghetti he baked cookies yeah and he makes like spaghetti and meat sauce and he gives it to the pig with cookies as dessert and Mm -hmm. and the pig is eating it all up and the pig's like you're a terrific cook (laughs) and at this point the fox is looking at him like how how dare you but would he want to be insulted on the food i mean be honest it's good to be told you're well then why do you think the fox has stink face when he's being complimented well it's weird to talk to your meal as we've learned from Into the Woods, you know, there's nothing... What is the line? Uh, oh, there's no possible way to describe what you feel when you're talking to your meal? Precisely. I think that's the experience we're seeing right now. <laughs> okay. Well, now that the pig has eaten, he's in the pan, he's got a celery in his mouth with mm-hmm. tomatoes around him, maybe a little bit of parsley, uh, the pig says, okay, well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get in the oven now, but... um. You know, that's my favorite part. My meat is awfully tough. This is the weirdest part. Shouldn't you massage me to make me more tender? And the fox thinks, well, I prefer tender meat. Meanwhile, he's got these cans of something on his table. And I'm just wondering, does he make his own jam? Clearly. I mean, if you look at the time Marmalade? You can't buy it like that in the store. Pickled carrots? Yeah. There's something happening in a jar. Yeah. It, it, the label is not clear. No. I'm just wondering, this fox is just a 
fox with so many talents. He is so he can, talented. He can fish. The he problem, can, you he know, can garden. He can bake cookies. The he can pig's advantage can. here is that the fox is kind of a Martha Stewart and can do everything. He can do everything. He literally can do everything, including the following. Yes, he he gets to work. He gives this is where this is where the picture book begins to go off the rails. <laughs> he, yeah. he gives the pig a, first a head massage, and then he works the arms, and then he's pulling on the legs, and he's working on the shoulders, and he's pounding the piglet from head to toe, and the piglet's like, "Ooh, you give a terrific massage." And then you get to the illustration. <laughs> if ever there were there were a Monday and or a Friday illustration, yeah. it would be this. Yeah, this I is agree. Definitely a beginning of the week and or the end of the week. I feel like every massage artist in the world should have this image on a T-shirt that they can wear at any given time when they're just not feeling it. To describe it, the fox has three rings under his eyes. There is sweat protruding out of his head. You have the half-open eyelid. Mm -hmm. He's done. He's done. He's out. Fini. He's out. (laughs) But uh, the pig is giving him directions like, oh, man, just a little to the right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Just a little bit to the left. Ah, yeah. And then (laughs) you turn the page and the fox's claws are scraping the bench as he- dug into the wood. As he's falling to the ground- and he has no strength left. Apparently, this was, which I don't understand. The, the fox falls to the ground. He's passed out, exhausted. He can't lift a finger, let alone a roasting pan. And I'm thinking, was this the pig's plan just to, oh. to, just to work the fox to exhaustion? Oh, yeah. Because the framed photos on the wall behind this bench show the fox lifting weights. Right. And running a race. Yes. So he's either in really good shape or he's just trying to do a once-over on anyone who comes into his house, maybe including himself. Maybe he's trying to portray he's really healthy and strong when, in fact, he's not. Because I know there are plenty of parents out there who give their kids a bath, Mm -hmm. make them dinner, and help their little (laughs) ones de-stress and still have the energy to keep going. So I think the... But do they give them a massage? Well, I'm saying they might. Mm. So I think the pictures on the wall depict one type of fox and the reality is something entirely different. You know, maybe those are old pictures from like 10 years ago and he's let himself go. I mean, clearly the pig knows how to pick them. I think the pig has a death wish. I think the pig is very clever and knew who its target was. No way. Set up the fox way beforehand. Because you turn. Realized who his query was and went for him. You turn the page and the pig's like, wow, what a bath, what a dinner, what a massage. With the cookies in a bag. Yeah, he steals the cookies. He doesn't steal. They were made for him. They were literally made for him. But he. Not stealing if they made them for you. He didn't ask if he could take them home with him. Dude, they were made for him. The fox didn't ask if he could eat the pig. Oh, so if you come to someone's house and they make you cookies, yes. you can just take the rest of the cookies without yes. saying anything? Literally, yes. No. Well, you definitely can if your host is going to eat you. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> there is a caveat there. There's an out. Well, the pig gets home. He's eating his cookies and he's looking in his book. And it, the book ends with him saying, let's see, he wondered, looking at his address book, who shall I visit next? And that's, if you don't see the illustrations... Oh, the illustration is key. Yeah. So if you are reading this to a 
uh, a room full of kids, and they mm -hmm. can't, and they're, they're all the kids you know all the way in do? the back. Can't As someone who's see. read this aloud many times, you show them, you read aloud what the book says. That's what you say. So you say, and inside the book, Fox is crossed out next to Log Cabin up so, on the hill. No, no, that's not Underneath how you say it. says, That's not how you say it. You say, so, and you can see he's already visited Bear, and he's already visited this and then you turn the page and then you show the last page and then you say what do you think's gonna happen and then the kids are like oh we know exactly what's gonna happen yeah. well the illustration shows fox and coyote, oh, coyote crossed okay. out right, uh but there's wolf and bear right. left right. and you turn the page and it's the piglet visiting a bear who has a golf hat and a golf club up against the door <laughs> because you know one must have hobbies. One must. Well, I think the fox had some hobbies too, right? Didn't yeah. he have some hobbies by his yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah, pointed yeah. out he had a fishing pole. Exactly, exactly. Predators have multiple hobbies. Yeah, so that's the book. Yeah, that's the book. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not much I can say for it that mm. I haven't already said in the intro when you were out of the room. Mm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Yay! Uh, are we at ratings time? Oh, we're at ratings time, my okay. friend. We're at ratings time. So I have read this book aloud so many times. Now, the hardest kind of picture book to find is the one that makes a child feel smarter than the characters in the book. What this book does is it sets it up in such a way where the kids realize what is going on. And they realize that the pig is setting up the fox. And that is, in fact, he is systematically working his way through different predators and setting them up, up in the same way. And the key, the entire key to this book, is the fact that he's filthy on that last page. He has purposely made himself filthy so that this, this trick can work on another animal. So this is a trickster Until tale. he runs into that animal again, and then he's screwed. Well, that's why he <laughs> keeps the book, Kate, to keep track of which predators he's well, already done. Right, you don't think he's just gonna run into the fox while he's like out and about, while he's I on his way to the bear? I think he's very systematic and he knows exactly. I mean, I maybe he'll run into the fox, but I think he won't. I think he has a very clever way of keeping track of who is where at what time. So mm -hmm. yeah, this is a this is a scheme. Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. a uh, mm -hmm. it's not a it's not a heist book so much, but it is definitely a, a book where a character has a plan in mind and is pulling a scheme on multiple other characters who would eat that character, much in the same tradition as Br'er Rabbit or any of the other trickster tales. You know, is when the prey gets one over on the predators. Um, and it's hard to do that in a contemporary setting. The reason I like this book, aside from the fact that it reads aloud brilliantly, uh, is the fact that it's weird, Kate. It's very weird. It goes very normally until the moment that the pig says he wants a massage. That's weird. No other book has a character said to another character, hey, I could use a back rub right now. And the back rub is what destroys the enemy. I love that. I love it so much. I love it so, so very much. So wow. I am as high as a seven. Okay. As high as a seven on this book. I understand uh, you are not. No. 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 I mean, no. It, it's, it's a cute story about a pig with an adrenaline addiction and an out-of-shape fox. I <laughs> like that the predators in the book 
have hobbies like golf and fishing and canning. Honestly, what was the pig going to suggest if the fox hadn't passed out? All right. Oh, he would have had another plan. There would have been some other thing. My toenails are super long. Why don't you cut those? I mean, he would have had something. But you don't eat the toenails. But you gotta, like, cut them off afterwards. It's a whole thing. I'm still on the side of the fox here. He had dinner come to his door, but he missed an opportunity. I I could see this being read more than once at any time of the year, but I definitely don't remember the title. Uh, Pig and Fox. My lucky day. No, Pig and Fox. So the illustrations are fine. They're not anything. Oh, no, no, no. The art is not the lure. I would agree, which is why I'm not higher than I am. I I gave it a 4.5. I'm not Mm -hmm. enthralled by it. I don't hate it. Sure. So with our scores combined, it is over a five. A toe over the line. It is a classic. A toe over the line classic. All right. (laughs) Woohoo! Let's hear it for read aloud. Okay. Letters time. There are no letters at this time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you, you went right along with that one. Yeah. No, we don't have any letters, folks. Uh, y'all need to write to us uh, because we don't have much. No one no one said anything of interest in the last week. So Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so write to us at fuse8kate at gmail.com and, uh, you know, just tell us how much you like us. And, exactly. And that you want you listen to us all the time and that you've recommended us to everyone that you and know. And you're living, leaving your estate to us. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, right. Yes. Write us that so we get that yes, writing. Please, yes, <laughs> Grown-up things we like. Okay, so I know that last month was supposed to be, like, the end of my, like, Halloween recommendations. It was. But I have one more. All right. So I just binged this podcast called The Chilling. Uh, it's hosted by a woman who used to live in a haunted house in Kent, Ohio, uh, and it's about her experience, her roommates, and her boyfriend, which is now her husband's experience. But she also interviews, like, medical professionals to get their insight when it comes to things like PTSD and the psychological effects of mold, um, which you wouldn't think is connected, but it is. Mm. Uh, it is not child-friendly. She talks about domestic violence and also ghosts and spooky things, but... Whether you believe in ghosts or not, it's really interesting to hear about her experience as well as the folks that lived in this house before and after her. Uh, There is a second season that is out, but I recommend just listening to the first season. The second season is like she interviews like a bunch of random people about their experiences. But uh, the first season, I highly recommend it's It's interesting. It, It kind of makes you think sometimes like, no, not at all. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. Can mold... Do, can PTSD do... It's something to think about. Uh, so it's called The Chilling. Nice. Yeah. And that's a podcast? Yep. Nice. Very good. Uh, mine is also a podcast. Okay. There you go. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of it, but Britney Spears released her memoir recently. Oh, I'm aware of it. Oh, you're aware of it. Oh, I am on top oh, of it. Oh, you are. All <laughs> over that. Well, I was not. I mean, I bought it for my library in multiple quantities, but I had not paid too much attention. But fortunately... The podcast, It's Been a Minute, brought on two very important guests. These are women who not only have followed Britney Spears their entire lives, they had an entire podcast about her, and then they switched to create a podcast entirely about celebrity memoirs. So they've been doing this for quite some time. And now 
Britney Spears has come out with her memoir. For them, this is the Super Bowl. This is the culmination of their lives. This is everything they've worked towards at once. So they have the information. So it's been a minute interviews these two women about the Britney Spears memoir, and it is fascinating. You, if you're like me and you've been on like the tangential edges and you've you've heard vaguely things about Britney Spears over the years, it is eye-opening, uh, particularly because I remember that moment when Britney shaved her head um, and there was that moment of universal schadenfreude where we were all like, ooh, well, look at that. Look how the mighty have fallen. This will make you feel super bad about ever feeling that. Uh, ever, ever feeling that. We are all culpable uh, when it comes to what happened to Britney Spears. And uh, it's just a really good podcast episode. So that would be It's Been a Minute. Uh, it's very much in the same vein as the podcast you're wrong about as pertains to Britney Spears. So uh, check it out. It's about her new memoir, The Woman in Me. Yeah, I've yet to read the book, but I've heard snippets of it, and it sounds super depressing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're all culpable. At fault. Yeah, we're all at fault. Justin Timberlake is a horrible man. Yeah. Uh, her father, don't even get me started. Oh, don't even know. So, yeah. No, 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 no. It's... It's a bad situation. It's it's an interesting situation. It's a situation where someone was held hostage in front of all of us and nobody uh, bothered to notice. I, so that's I did, fun. I did see her perform in Vegas. Did you really? I did. There you go. So yeah. you're culpable too. Yeah. Blood on your hands. But I like her. Well, good. Then you'll <laughs> enjoy her memoir very much. All right. So we've done our first for this month. Uh, it was not... As I say, it was not a Thanksgiving podcast book, but it did involve a delicious meal. Yeah. That means... refused to be eaten, but was still there. I mean, there was a pig roast. A pig roast. Some people eat he that. He had for... a piece of celery in his mouth. Yeah. What more do you want? So exactly. the next book should also be about food. Ooh, well, I might or might not. I actually literally have a like a pile of books we need to do in my home. So I'll see if any of them have to do with food. Perfect. They may well do so. Okay. And until I can actually figure that thing out, <laughs> I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our lucky dude is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate, Atienza, and Betsy Bird.